Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. In this place, somebody can say amen. I, I just try to be intentional about realizing and recognizing just how powerful and mighty God is. I, I want to do something just a little bit different here. Um, as I was in prayer this morning uh, uh, and looking over my notes and stuff, it, it, it really dawned on me just how uh, blessed I personally am. And, and I say that because as, as I stand here in this space Right now, as your pastor, and I look around this room, there are so many people make this what it is today. I want to personally, publicly, even on the podcast that, that you may be listening to now or later on, acknowledge some great leaders of this church who every single week, not just on Sunday, but throughout the week, make this ministry as successful as it is. So, uh, Jared, man, I just want to publicly say thank you. I love you, little brother. I mean, it means the world to me. Your dedication and commitment is just beyond words, man. And I can't thank you enough with words. And if I had a million dollars, that would make you happy for a moment. But the true gift is, 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 is that God recognizes how much you love him in the labor that you do here. Tia, who's just been a rock star. She can't, she's brand new to this church. She was baptized at this church. She's, she's one, not the only, but one of uh, the, the two people we baptized at Mosaic. They are pioneers here. And so, Tia, thank you for being such an amazing rock star. From day one, when she came as a visitor, we were having an activity outside with the kids, and she's standing there not knowing a single soul and helping babies she's never, ever seen, don't know their name. What a rock star. I got to give a big shout-out to this man who steps outside. He's the one who would experience any treacherous weather we have, and that would be Mr. Joe McDonald, man, thank you so much, man. From the bottom to the top to the entire part of my heart, man, I thank you for your commitment to this ministry every single Sunday. It could be storming, which it has not been on a Sunday. I pray every day. I'd be like, ah, I, you know, because I want to keep Joe. And so Joe is the face. The first face you see when you pull up to Mosaic is that handsome man right there who puts these flags up bangs him down. If he can't find a hammer, he'll stomp it in. And if he can't do that, he'll figure it out. He, I, last week, we didn't have a hammer. I said, man, don't worry about it. Joe was so determined. He looked and looked until he finally found a hammer and he put those flags up. It's important that we have a presence here. So Joe, I thank you, man, for your commitment. Heather, 
who, who ministers to our children. Not only that, I got it. My wife forwarded me an email from her the other day. It was so full of details. I said, I can't read it now. It's too detailed for me. But that's the, the, the step beyond what you ask. And uh, Jasmine and Alex, who not just pour into this ministry totally, but pour into the ministry of my marriage by, by blessing us with some time together. Do y'all understand that the first ministry I'm responsible to is my family? And if at any point that's a problem, I'll take a break from this. I just want to say that. And they saw that I had that need. And Alex and, and Jasmine stepped up and blessed us for a night out on the town. And my man, G Money, I can't thank you enough for what you do, brother. Every time we're serving out in the community, he's the first face to show up. Nikki, who sets up out here and is our beautiful, welcoming face. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Greg, Greg, for all that you've done for our men's ministry. I mean, you were just a participant, but now you're the leader of it. You send the emails out every week. I can go on and on. But thank you Joe Jordan for all that you've done and continue to do and everybody in here who prays over my family I just want to take a few minutes to say thank you because I don't say it enough now my message isn't about this thank you but I had to do it God burdened my heart with it today so I just have to say that because even if I don't take a few minutes and let you know every time you do something I want you to know now baby I love all of you and I appreciate you. This does not exist because I'm that great of a pastor. My sermons aren't that deep or dope, okay? It's not because we have a rock star worship team. It's not that. It's not because we look, we're in this beautiful edifice of a building. Oh, at Mableton, this school right here is the oldest school in the entire county of Cobb, the fourth largest county in the state of Georgia. This is the oldest school building, so it's not like it's that beautiful. So you obviously come because you first and foremost love God and none of this happens without you. I want to pray for the people over there working with our kids right now. I thank them and all that they've done. Let me go into some prayer and let's get into what the message is about today. Eternal and gracious God in heaven, thank you for the license and the permission to allow me to stand here before your people Oh, God, I'm so not worthy, but you found it in me, something good, something great. And so I, I don't take this position lightly. I stand here before your people prepared to share a message, not deliver it, but share it because you wrote it, you prepared it. This, these, these words were around way before I, I even existed. So, God, I pray that I, I share these words with pure authenticity. I pray, oh God, that the words that I share today in this message about this beautiful letter that your son Paul wrote to a church in Ephesus, I pray that the words that we share today bypass the ears so that we are not just hearing but listening and applying the word to our lives. Let these words rest solely on the hearts and the souls of the people in attendance under the sound of my voice. God, I make all room for you. Bless me in these next few moments. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, we've been, we just started this series uh, entitled Blueprint. And this series is a little bit different than what we normally do. Normally we do a series that, that, will, that you can take and it's like, if you want to be better in life, have margin. If, if you want to, you know, have a, a great relationship with people, you know, learn how to forgive. But this is one of those messages where we kind of do an expository study of this particular book. And what I mean by an expository story, it means you kind of 
try to understand each and every scripture in this particular book. You break it down, you, listen, you, you read it from uh, different translations, you try to understand it in the original language in, 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 uh, in, 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 uh, in Greek, and, 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 and you try to just really pull it apart. It's, it's, it's what we call exegeting the text. You, you break it down to, to it can't be broken down anymore, like, you know, Love Jones. And so... Uh, so you, you really try to do an expository study and explain really what, what, what was going on. But you try to understand it from that time frame and then bring it to where it makes sense in your current time frame. And last week we used words like Gentiles, which is something we don't really use today, particularly here in America. We don't describe certain people as Gentiles. It's, it's, it's in, our, in our culture, it's believer or non-believers. It's them, uh, it's them versus us or them and us. It's a separation. And so uh, who would be the Gentiles of today? Who are the people that's disconnected? And, and, you know, you pick it. You know, in the 80s, it was one group. In the 90s, it was another group. And we can go on and on. And right now, it's the homosexuals. Next, I don't know what's going to be in the next, next decade. I mean, I don't know who we're going to pick on in the next decade. But we as Christians find a way to pick on people who don't look or act or breathe or read the things we do or go to places we go. That's what we do. And so today I want to focus on, we did the intro last week. Today I want to draw your attention to this one particular scripture. We're going to focus on Ephesians 1, verses 3 through 14. Now, I'm not going to sit here and read this to you all day because we have some nodders in the room, and I don't need anybody nodding. We're going to break it down into three sections. Now, let me explain a little bit about Ephesians 1, 3 through 14. In its original context in Greek, Ephesians 1 verses 3 through 14 was actually one long sentence. In Greek, 202 words, originally one long sentence, which is the style and way that Paul wrote. He often started his letters with long sentences or somewhere within his letters there were long sentences. So it's, it's, it's pretty accurate to who the author or writer of this particular book is. And so 1, 3 through 14 is one long sentence of 202 words. And what is happening here, what these words will tell us is, what these verses will reveal to us today is, uh, first of all, they remind us this, this whole thing, the first five chapters of the book of Ephesians will remind us that the church as a body, it will put us in the framework of the church as the body, okay? The first five chapters of this book, okay? The verses in this particular, verses uh, 3 through 14 in chapter 1, remind us of one enormous, essential, and important truth. They remind us that we are not an afterthought. They remind us that we are not just some individuals who had the good sense to call on Jesus one day for salvation. They remind us that we are not saved because we deserve it, but because God so graciously and freely gives it. It reminds us that we did not influence God's decision to save us. He saved us according to his plan. These verses teach us and will teach us that we have been on God's heart for a very, very long time. The funny thing is, in this culture, in this world we live in, 
many of us search for validation. Huh? We search for validation and self-esteem in the world. Okay? We often are looking for evidence that our life has meaning. We turn to books or seminars for that validation. We attach ourselves to people we shouldn't. We attach ourselves to people who are already somebodies so that we can be somebody too. We follow the lives of people who believe, who we believe are somebody in the hopes of living vicariously through them and ultimately becoming a somebody. Others <laughs> reach back into their genealogy to find ancestors who were somebody so they can believe that they are somebody because they are related to somebody who was a somebody at some time. We are trying to find our, our, our identity. We are trying to, many of us are searching for self-esteem for all the wrong Things. And I want to tell you, these next few scriptures is all you need to find your self-esteem or your validation. It's all you need. What I'm going to share in these next few scriptures, you'll hear this scripture, chapter uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 14. This beautiful anthem of praise will break down and hopefully by the end of this, you'll be able to understand that you will no longer need validation from things. You'll already have it. Let's jump right in here. Start with verses 3 through 6. This anthem of praise starts with praise for God's sovereign election. Praise for God's sovereign election. In other words, he selected us. His sovereign election. He elected us. He chose us. Let's read. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, even before he made the world, wow, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and he gave and it gave him great pleasure. So, we praise God for the glorious grace he poured out on us who belong to his dear son. Let me point out something very important. When Paul refers to the blessings in heavenly realms, that's something to get excited about. That's something to get excited about. If you think you're blessed now by the possessions you have, when you die, those possessions stay here on earth. When you pass on to heaven, your body doesn't even travel with you. Anything you own, your money stays here. Your bills stay here. Your house stay here. Somebody gets excited about the bills staying here. Amen. But you're leaving it for somebody else to pay for. Hope you got some money so they can pay it because they're going to spit on your grave if you don't. Amen. Everything you have here, you leave, including the skin that you're in. Watch this, though. Watch this. When he speaks of heavenly realms, 
When Paul refers to the blessings in heavenly realms, it means this, that the blessings that he speaks of are eternal and not temporal. The stuff, the blessings that you have right now in your life that Paul speaks of, not the possessions, the things you see, the things you touch, the stuff you eat. No, 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 no. The spiritual blessings that you have now are the only things that travel with you. When you depart from this place we call Mother Earth, Father Earth, whatever you want to call it, you take only those spiritual possessions. Everything physical remains. So what does that mean? The blessings you have now, forever and ever and ever and ever, the spiritual blessings that you have now. I will talk about those spiritual blessings in just one second. Here's some notes I want you to take. This is important to remember. This is very important right here. Three things. Ready? You must realize first, according to this scripture, that we are chosen because he loves us. We are chosen because he loves us. He chose us. I love what the scripture says here. Before he even made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. He chose us. In other words, he says this, I'll take them all. I know they're flawed. They'll probably make some mistakes. Some of them, it's going to take them a long time to confess and believe in their hearts. Some of them won't believe the story about my son. I'll take them all. There's no fault. No, I, I, I sinned the other day. It's, I know. I knew you were going to do that. I, I had a plan for that. It's called grace. We're going to talk about that in a minute. I had a plan for your jack-up, for your mess-up. It's called grace. God chose us. Before, before he even put the first tree up, before he put the baby giraffe, before he put uh, dinosaurs and everything, he chose us. Now, in his choosing, thank God he changed how he would fix uh, correct things in his choosing. Because in the past, when he chose some people and they didn't do right, he's like, you know what, I'm just going to take all of these people out. Let's just start this all over. The, mm -mm -mm. Mm -mm, that was wrong. I don't know what I was thinking. Let me see. Let me try this again. Now, y'all go, oh, y'all done mess. Just take them out too. Good Lord, these people just ain't going to get it. Thank God he doesn't do that anymore, right? Because we'd all be wiped out. We'd be done. I would have been done like at around 13, age 13, maybe 12 if, 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 if huh? My sister here, she's a witness. I would have been gone a long time ago if he wanted to wipe this slate and start all over with me. But thank God he, he offered grace, okay? The other thing I want you to know is that we are without fault in his eyes. We are without fault in his eyes, right? So here you are wearing this cross. You got your fish on the back of your car. You're you having a bad day, and so you, you, you drop an F-bomb accidentally, right? Ooh, did you just cuss? And the first person who's going to judge you is a Christian, just FYI, just want to let you know. The minute you do something wrong, your brother or sister is going to be the first one to persecute you behind because of it. And it's like, oh, man, no, nah, you ain't no Christian. I can't, I can't, I'm not going to even go to Broderick's church. I know his past. He was just a scoundrel of a man, just a heathen of a, I'm not. I'm not even going. He, he doesn't, he's not that articulate sometimes. I'm, I'm not even going to that church. 
They don't even wear suits. and t- I'm, I'm not going to that church. I'm, 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 not, I'm not messing around with, with G-Money. He claims to be a Christian, man, but I saw him tossing. I mean, he was like hammered, or blah, 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 hammered at the game the other day. Dancing all while I'm I'm not hanging with Greg because he was like driving down the street with the boom boom system like pumping Lil Wayne. He he can't possibly be Christian. But in the eyes of God, in his eyes, we are without fault. Regardless of my shortcomings, regardless of my attachment to worldly things, I am without fault in the eyes of God. Regardless of the bad, horrible, jacked up, stupid decisions that the world said I made, in God's eyes, which, which, which count for more than anything, I am without fault. Yes, I may make mistakes, but God is like, I know, but I didn't see it. It, 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 that's bad, but it, it, I got this thing called grace. I'm going I'm to give you some of that. But you got you to, gotta, listen, you got you to fix that. I'm, I'm not going to keep letting you keep on doing this. You got to fix that. The fact that you're telling me that you messed up, I get that. You feel bad, you're repenting. But you got to fix that. Don't keep doing it. Don't keep playing me for no fool, all right? Let's, let's get that straight. I'm not giving you permission to say, oh, I messed up, I can cuss. No. This is not license to cuss. This is not license of driving around with the boom boom with Lil Wayne. This is not license to go get toasted in public and call yourself a Christian. You do have to act a certain way. But if you slip up, meaning there is a real accident, you lost control, God knows that. Third thing, this is very important. I love this. We are adopted by God. I used to hate that word, adopted by God. Why he's adopt me? I mean, I mean why, 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 why adopt me? Why wasn't I already your son? Why you have to adopt me? And we only we know the truth. God had just the one son that he sent. You know, what if, what if he said, okay, Broderick, you're not adopted. You're my biological, but I want you to do the exact same thing that my other son did. I want you to have as many whippings and beatings, take as much persecution as him. Then I want, I want you to be allowed to die for, the, for others. And I'm like, man, let me see, Santiago, Santiago. Yep, that's about all I'm going to die for today. If it's not Santiago, like in the six of the tribe of Santiago, I'm, that's just that my six. My, my, <laughs> my commitment don't even extend beyond my six. There's some other Santiago's that be like, I love you, auntie. I love you, little cousin. I love you so but Yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm going to die for you, though. Because what if I have, a, I have a mentor right now I love to death who, 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 who needs a kidney transplant. And me being the person I am, my first thought is, man, I'll give it to him. Just, and then God was like, yeah, but what if, God forbid, something happens with one of the other Santiago's and they need it. You only got one left. And I'm like, oh, yeah, good point. Good point. I want to do right. I, I, my heart, and God knows my heart. But at the end of the day, what if? So I become a, an organ donor. So if something happens, then a whole lot of people will get blessed, a whole lot. But y'all got to wait. Just wait your turn. My time ain't up yet. <laughs> Amen. So you were chosen because he loves you. We are without fault in whose eyes? His eyes. And he adopted us. This is, there's some good news in that. If we, if, we, if we go to Romans 8 and 17, and that's not on the notes, but if you have it, you can check it out. 
you know, it, it, it mentions the fact that we are heirs. Let me tell you about Roman law. This is how beautiful Paul writes. Paul is writing to these people uh, in, in, in Roman. And Roman law says this. And this is why he used certain words. This is, this is how he, why he used certain words, like the word adopted. Roman law says this. In Roman law, adopted children had the same rights and privileges as biological children, even if they had been slaves. Now, how many of y'all understand American history, right? Do y'all remember during, uh, let me see, there was this, this very horrific time period in American culture. There was a couple, actually. Um, there was something that they did with the Native Americans, but then there was this thing called the Middle Passage and stuff that they did with the African Americans. And uh, I believe that uh, some of the slave masters raped uh, some of the women, right? And, and, and we knew that they were raped because they come over here from Africa as dark as these curtains, but then all of a sudden they're, preg- they're impregnated and the baby comes and it's kind of a tannish hue. And I know I didn't bring nobody from Africa that had a tannin shoe, so that means master had been creeping. Now, did that slave child have some of the same rights and privileges? Did they inherit anything besides their slave master daddy's blood? I'll tell you in case y'all don't know. H, no. H, doggone no. Y'all know what the H is, fill in the blanks. Three other letters come behind it. No! But here is saying, God adopted us. That makes us heirs to everything that his own son had. The same rights, the same privileges, the same gifts, the same anointing, the same stuff that his own biological son had. We, me, you, and our flawed Faultless selves, flawed, faultless, it's different. We have the same rights to that. That's good news. That's good news. Let's go to the next part of this section, verses 7 through 11. Remember, this is an anthem of praise. The first part is praise for God's sovereign election, his choosing of us, right? 7-11, praise for redemption and forgiveness. Let's read this. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. Let's stop there. Anytime they refer to the blood, it's, it, it would, it's almost like duh, but anytime they refer to to the blood they're specifically speaking of and referencing the death of Jesus. So he says, he is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the death of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us in the death of his son, God has now revealed to us his mysterious plan regarding Christ, a plan to fulfill his own good pleasure. Now, it does not mean that he was like, yeah, my son died, hooray, hurrah, woo, yes. No, his own good pleasure. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything 
together under the authority of Christ. Everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received, remember that, what, that word I told you about, an inheritance from God. For he chose us in advance and he makes everything work out according to his plan. He chose us in advance knowing you're going to mess up. It's going to take some of y'all a long time to embrace what I'm giving you. It's going to take some of y'all a long time to connect to the source. It might take some of y'all a long time to really realize that all you need is me. I tell people often, all the time, you don't know that Jesus is all you need until he's all you have. When you're butt naked, about to get put out on the street, when you're jobless, you got 50 cent in the bank, that's that's when you're at your lowest point. You don't realize that he's all you need until he's all you got. You're calling your friends, nobody's available. You're calling family, no one's available. You call your pastor, no one's available. Nobody's there. All you need is God. But you don't, many of us don't realize that until he's all we have. He's all we have. All right, I got off, I got off there, but I had to share that. It was just on my spirit. It was on my spirit. Let's talk about this salvation thing. Let's talk about this salvation thing. This is, this is really, really important. And if you're taking notes, salvation does not flow from the justice of God. It flows from the grace of God. does not flow from the justice of God. In other words, God is giving you salvation because you did something right. God is, is blessing you because you listened to him. No, it's, it's there. It's, it's there. It's, it's, it's already available. It's, he chose you before he even began the blueprint of the earth, of the earth, of the world. Right? And in that, he says, I'm going to need to put some of this stuff called grace on the side because I have a feeling that not everybody's going to get this right away. And I'm going to need this thing called grace here on the side because every time they step away or step out or step up or whatever or step down, this grace thing is going to be the thing I'm going to need to cover them with. And then in that grace, they'll realize that I know you messed up, but you're covered. I already knew that some things were going to happen. I didn't know that that they would happen the way they did because I didn't expect you to go that way. But I'm going to cover you with this grace so that when it does happen, you are covered. Now, all you need is a reminder that it's still there, right? If you got a a letter in the mail today, watch this. I'm just going to tell you just how interesting some of y'all are. If you got a letter in the mail today that says, and, and, and you know you got family in Mississippi. Let me start there, okay? And you got a letter in the mail today that says, hey, I found out this is, this is straight from the government. It has a government seal on there. It says, we found out that you may be a third generation cousin of one of the wealthiest sisters in this world by the name of Oprah Winfrey. Oprah, I'm just playing. <laughs> I'm serious. And, you, and, and then you do your research and you find out the letter is legitimate. Your whole day, the rest of your week, the rest of your month, the end of your year is monopolized with the time you'll spend because she's, and, and the thing is, she's, she's, and I'm not saying this happens to Oprah, 
Okay. And the thing is, she, she's diagnosed with terminally ill cancer, and she wants to bless every single member of her family with $1 million. Oh, Lord, let me get to the census. Let me get to every bureau I can get and find out my deal. Let me make sure this is accurate because I might be an inheritant of, 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 of $1 million from Oprah. You're going to spend all this time. You're going to bust your butt to get that money. Grace is more valuable than that. But we don't go to the bank and try to withdraw some of the grace that God has put aside for us in a, uh, in, in, in a trust account. It's a trust account right there with your name on it. A lot of us get beat up by our sins and, and beat up by our shortcomings. We have this bank account full of grace. And the interest on grace gets better and better. When you don't touch it, you get rollovers on it. But we don't tap into that. We just take that, whatever society tells us, whatever society points out as our faults, whatever the culture tells us about our shortcomings, whatever our Christian brethren tell us about how jacked up we are, we take that and we don't reach into the bank account of grace that God has set up for us long ago before he even put down the blueprint for the creation of the world. But if again, you got that letter from Oprah, oh baby, you start thinking about all the ways you're going to spend that $1 million. After taxes, it may be half a million, but that's good enough for you and your world. You'll take just 5000 of it and be happy right now. 50000 oh my God, I'm a millionaire. I'm going to Vegas, baby. But the grace is far more valuable. Man, never turns a void, always available. No matter how much I need it, it's still there. I can go withdraw every single time. I can withdraw some grace just because I had a bad thought about somebody. I can withdraw some grace just because I looked at somebody funny. I can withdraw uh, from the grace pool just because I may have actually put hands on somebody. I can withdraw from the grace pool every time I want to because I know it's there for me. All right, let's move on. Let's move on. All right, I'm learning how to use this thing. How do you get it to stay in one? Stay. There we go. All right. Just tell it to stay and it'll stay. Tell the mountain, move, mountain. And it'll move. Tell the thing right here. All right. Let's talk about this word redeemed. I'm about to, I'm about to get a little bit of the, little theological on you here and just share, give you some Greek and uh, Greek words here. The word redeemed translates to the word Agarazo, agarazo. And this word in this particular text, and this word means to do business in the marketplace, to purchase something for oneself. Now, why am I saying the word redeem? Well, redeem refers to the word purchased. Remember, when you were purchased, and other translations actually say the word redeemed. But in this translation, they use the word purchased. They just went uh, a step further and just made it easy for you. So when we think, when we look at this word, he is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased us. He redeemed us for his own self. Another word to describe this word purchase in in this particular verse is the word ex agarazio. Ex agarazio. That's Greek, not Spanish. And I, I tend to want to roll my R's all the time. Ex agarazio. And it means to redeem by payment of a price, to recover from the power of another, to ransom, 
to buy off. So in this particular scripture, God purchased us because we were slaves to sin, even as babies. We didn't know it because we are born into a sin. When you're slaves to sin, it doesn't mean that you've committed sin. It doesn't mean that, that you are a sinner. It just means you are in a world of sin and you are attached to this world that you live in. But because God came and purchased us with the grace and the covering, because he freed us, he purchased us, redeemed us, we've been set free. We no longer have to live a life of sin. Let me tell you about this thing, forgiveness. When, when he speaks about forgiveness in the Scripture, his forgiveness is like, not like human forgiveness. Human forgiveness is conditional, meaning someone will hurt us, will struggle to reach a place of forgiveness, but when we do forgive, we rarely forget. That's conditional. Somebody wrongs you, I forgive you, but you will never forget, especially if you're married. It, it comes up, you know. When y'all have the big one, y'all know the big one, married folk, y'all know the big one. When you had that big argument, it's like, but last year, and then if it's really ugly, you go back. Well, when we first started dating, you're like, oh, dang. You don't say dang. You say the other words, like, you're going way back there. They're like, well, you might as well just go ahead and talk about when you were born. <laughs> Yo mama and <laughs> Human forgiveness is conditional. That is not how forgiveness works with God. When God forgives you because of that grace, he forgets. He doesn't keep a tally of how many times you mess up. He doesn't keep a tally of how many times you drop the F-bomb. He doesn't keep a tally of how many times you, 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 you stop going to church or how many times you let the bucket pass you and you just touched it hoping for a blessing. He doesn't keep a tally of all of those things. He don't care. I, got, I, I knew this. Now, I don't know. I didn't know how many times he's going to dig into the, to the bank of grace, but I, I got so much in there, it'll never run out. So you're good. You're covered. He doesn't keep it up here and certainly doesn't keep it in here. It's gone. Once you confess it, he forgives it. Keep on moving. Try not to do it again. Amen. You don't need a man or woman tell you that. You don't need to attend a confessional and have a man say you're forgiven. I already know that. The Bible told me that. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it, though. I appreciate that. I mean, I understand. That's your job. Let's wrap this up right here. Final two verses, 12 through 14. Praise for sharing God's purpose and promise. This anthem of praise, verses 3 through 14, is an, are, are an anthem of praise. Verses, first, uh, verses deal, 3 through 6, deal with praise for God's selection of and election Praise for redemption and forgiveness are verses 7 through 11. And here we are, 12 through 14. Praise for sharing God's purpose and promise. Let's read the scripture. God's purpose was that we Jews who were the first to trust in Christ would bring praise and glory to God. This is where it gets interesting. And now you Gentiles, or whatever that group of people are today, have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised 
in that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this, why? So that we would praise and glorify him. He identified you means he put his personal seal on you. Just as a seal signifies authentic ownership, the Holy Spirit in a believer's life signifies God's ownership. The seal that we're talking about signifies four great things, and I want you to catch this. It signifies, one, security. The seal signifies security. As I was thinking about this, you all go to the store, right? You all shop, right? And you go and you buy something, right? And it has that little band, and it's all sealed up. And it says, if the seal has been what? Broken, don't use it. Return it or whatever, don't use it. It means that the security of what's inside, the contents of what's inside have been contaminated possibly. doesn't say it are. It says it is, but possibly because this seal which protects what is inside protects it until it is ready for you, the purchaser, to open it. And so when I thought about that, I thought about the water and every time... And I had a fit last week about water. There were so many half-empty bottles of water up here, and I'm saying to myself, there are people who need fresh drinking water, and you people. Anyhow, when I thought about that, I thought about this water that has this seal, right? And as I looked at the bottles of water last week that were left up here, how could I tell which one was mine or not or which one I was going to take, and I had, I think it was Joe McDonald I was talking with. I had to look at the seal of security to see if it had been contaminated by some other people's lips. And saliva and germs had the seal been broken. So the seal of the Holy Spirit signifies security, security. When God saves a soul, the Spirit of God moves in and takes up residence in that new believer, according to Romans 8 and 9. It also signifies authenticity. The seal also signifies authenticity. Back in the day during this time, the seal of an ancient king testified to the authenticity of the document to which it was attached. So if you've seen before where they had, uh, they would take uh, like, uh, the, uh, they would melt the red wax or whatever color wax. And then they would take, like when they sent the letter, and they would take the stamp, which would be their seal, and put that seal on there. And you know that it came from a particular person or a particular group. So the seal of an ancient king carried great authority back then too. So the seal, so when God uh, saves a soul, the presence of the Holy Spirit in that life declares the authenticity of that believer. The presence of the Holy Spirit says, this life is mine and they are citizen of my kingdom. Y'all will catch that later on. Go to Acts 4 and 13 for more explanation of that authenticity. The other thing the seal signifies, sorry about that, it signifies authority. 
The seal of an ancient king carried great authority. When the king made a decree and sealed it, it was unalterable. When God saves us and seals a soul, he gives that new believer divine authority. So when God blessed you with, 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 with this seal and the Holy Spirit dwelled in you, you as a believer then inherited divine authority. He gives the authority to serve him in the world. How about that? You mean I get to be a personal ambassador of God? My flawed self, my imperfect self, my selfish self? Absolutely. He gives the authority to preach, teach, witness. Let me stop there. I am not the only preacher in the house today. I'm not saying that because Starbucks is here. He's a preacher as well. But I'm saying that because Joe McDonald's here. I'm saying that because Jasmine's here. I'm saying that because Jamira's here. Nikki's here. You are all preachers. You have given the authority to share the gospel Okay, big deal. Yes, it is a big deal. Because if you go to certain parts of the world today in Egypt and you call yourself preaching the gospel, chances are they're going to kill you. I'm just going to say it that way. They're not going to persecute you, slap you on the wrist, fine you, and put you in jail. They're going to kill you behind. And I dare you to do it in China. Goodbye, good night, it's over, say la vie, you dead. Do it in certain parts of Africa. You're dead, dead, gone, finished, because you're sharing what you believe. But we Americans, I say that, and y'all sitting here like, oh, well, that's already okay, I can say what I want. Yeah, because you're in America, take your mm, over somewhere else. Dead, goodbye, c'est la vie. And I guarantee if you went over there preaching the gospel in secret, the minute you got called, I, 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 somebody gave this to me, this ain't even mine. That ain't even my name in there. Wasn't me. Real talk, punks. Because truth is, I'll be like, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. Three times. <laughs> I don't know them. I'm Asalaamu Alaikum. <laughs> and then we'll deal with God. You know, I'll let God come and deal with me later like he did Peter. He's like, you're going to deny me three times? No, I'm not. Denied him, but he still used him. So I'm going to have that mindset. I'm going to deny it. But will you still use me, Lord? <laughs> Make it easier. Let me stop. Y'all look at that in a minute. And we got, we, we got to get out of here. We got to get out of here. Here we go. Final thing right here. The seal also sig signifies ownership. Ownership. The seal of an ancient ruler declared absolute ownership. When King Zedekiah imprisoned Jeremiah, this is old school stuff, Old Testament. Jeremiah was commanded by the Lord to purchase a piece of property. The transaction was agreed upon. The price was paid and the required number of witnesses watched as Jeremiah became the rightful owner of the property. The seal marked it as his. The seal said that that land was Jeremiah's. Let me, let me say something about your soul. When the Lord saves a soul, he marks that soul as his personal possession. The seal of the Holy Spirit on a life declares that the saved person is God's property. 
not Kirk Franklin's. His seal lets us know that the transaction of salvation is complete and forever final. I love you, Kirk, if you somehow get hold of this podcast. You can come visit us at Mosaic Church, 5891 Dodging Road. We will give you free coffee. Somebody say amen. Here's the deal. Everybody know what it takes to be saved? God already gave it. But he says if we what? Confess with our mouths and believe in our hearts, right? That's it. Confess with our mouths, right? Believe in our hearts that his son really did die for us to cover us with his grace. That's the end. And if you've ever made that confession before in your entire life, good news. You have a bank account with your name on it at the bank of grace. So when you mess up, you don't even need a withdrawal form. You just need to ask, and it's available. And the good news is you forgot about it. You forgot about it, whatever it is. Now, I don't know if, if I'm talking to anybody today. If I am, I just need you to just think within your in your heart, not think with your mind, but think within your heart. If, 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 if God is speaking something to you, if you know without a doubt that God has a bank account with your name on it, because it starts first, it's available, it's there, it was already set aside for you, but in the same manner, you'd have to go after it with Oprah, you'd have to go after it with Jesus. It's there, all you have to do is claim it. I don't know if you've claimed it. If if, if I'm not talking to you, that's fine. Just listen. But if I'm talking to you, say this prayer in your heart. You don't have to say it out loud. We don't put people on the spot here. Say this prayer in your heart. Say it in your mind because God will. God, forgive me. I've sinned. I've neglected the fact that I'm an heir. I've neglected the fact that I have a bank account at the bank of grace full of grace, and I've not withdrawn from it enough. I've tried to figure this thing called life out on my own when you even told me I didn't have to. So God, if you would, forgive me of my sins. I confess today that I believe your son died for my sins, that he rose again that I may live in this sinful world. I want to live my life for you, God. I want to live a life that's honor. Today I walk according to your plan, not my own. If you said that prayer in your heart, I want you to know God loves you. Your sins are forgiven. And all is good. Somebody can say amen. Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoyed listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday 
Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others, our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.